So yeah. How what about Chris Chan now? So Chris Chan. Christian Weston um, Chandler. Christine Weston Chandler. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, was arrested. But John, do you remember Chris Chan? Just from the bits and pieces, yeah. I'd you definitely saw pre-transition. Yeah, we were very. Oh, oh. I see. I barely even. I remember you all mentioned he transitioned, mm-hmm. but I don't remember. Yeah, we were very into the Chris Chris Chan saga. Was that high and school or college? Both. Uh, I, well, yeah, mainly high school, I think, because when Bob Bob died in 2011, his father. He and, was 82 and, years uh, old, but he's from Fort Worth. That that like removed. <laughs> any sense of structure yeah. i think from his life and uh yeah Authority. he transitioned he um and he pretty much admitted it was a transition because he thought he would have an easier time fucking lesbians mm-hmm. so you know i don't think you have to get too hung up on the pronouns with with this person I mean, no i don't i mean everybody is though um i've noticed that what else? Maced, maced a GameStop employee mm-hmm. over uh, Sonic. Yep. Sonic's arms being the wrong color. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yep. And he, oh, I remember Sonic stuff. Yeah, and he um, called him. He also called him a racial slur about him being oh, Jewish. He um and an an employee at another gaming store that was like a local store. He tried to hit with his car. Yeah. And yeah. then when the cops came and arrested him for that, he kicked the shit out of the front of a police car <laughs> but um um uh, was arrested it's, it's rough, for m- having sex with his 80 year old mother who has dementia well allegedly well we don't really know that yet if she has dementia no we we don't really know that well, he, say, he says she does or she says she she did yeah. She says she I, does. I think some people are suspicious though that she could have lied about that for some kind of benefit because that's kind of a sure, thing that her family but she's does. In her eighties, I'm yeah. just gonna go with that she has dementia. And uh, like I didn't even know, but you can just be arrested for incest. Well, it's like, not just I that. Not even, he's, that's uh, all he's been charged with. Yeah, but he's also raping her. Yeah, but that's she's saying not been no. Added yet, he's under investigation for rape. Yeah, they but she's saying have to no. Inspect her for her so son's sick. semen. That is so sick. <laughs> and um, her excuse me, her daughter's yeah. semen. So that's uh, interesting, but uh. <laughs> but yeah, he he's a if if he's just like he could technically if it comes out that it was consensual, he could just go to prison for incest. Yeah, but he even says in I, the text messages that it's not consensual. So I just don't see how it could be consensual when he says it's not. But how is incest a crime? Is my whole point. I mean, it probably follows uh, falls under them sodomy laws, like we've mentioned before. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. In certain states, in most states, incest is just illegal. As long as I think it's like why? I think it's like um, maybe like second cousin and further, or third cousin and further. You know, it, like it the laws change the further removed you are, but immediate yeah. family is just illegal. Oh, and he said. <laughs> And and uh, and there's a there's a phone conversation that he's having with this girl talking about it. Yeah. 
because she's the whole the re the how this came about was she was trying to set him up with some actual super fan of his that is like apparently not a troll it's a real girl who's into christian and he was like actually i got i got something going on now and then he <laughs> went on to describe that but Gosh. He said he fucking said he had to he had to specify in the conversation we have no plans for marriage. So Oh well he says that. You know. And he also he fucking said his dad never hit her G spot. I see, I didn't he see said, that. He said Robert Chan never hit her G spot and he was a he was like he called him like a selfish lover. He's talking about his parents. I never saw that. <laughs> I never saw that text exchange. Yes. I just saw the stuff about him actually describing like the massage. Mhm. But there were some people saying they thought it could be fake. No, no. Fucking mm. no way. Then no. him saying like you know, I'm and just a if you know anything about Christian, it's lover, not fake. like that's how he talks yeah. about yeah. about women. Yeah. If you if you follow Christian the way that we have followed Christian, no, this is this is legit. There's a pronounced history of sexual depravity mm-hmm. that's really started <laughs> since the beginning with his weird drawings oh, yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Really weird. Um, I think in like 2008, that Megan girl he did he yeah. did a cartoon of them having sex yeah. and he said, "I did this so I would not rape you." Mm. It's so, always you know, a good sentence. Nothing new here. Christian's 39, by the way. That's, That's pretty crazy. Insane. Wow. Well, speaking of uh, sexually depraved, let's talk about uh, Rod Farrell and the vampire <laughs> clan. Oh, yeah. This is not about Christian. <laughs> yeah. The way- it was a Christian episode. <laughs> so welcome into Rumors and Confabulation, everybody. Uh, we're doing part two of the vampires from Kentucky. Teenage vampires. Radio This one's not for kids. So, whoa! It's a lot of dead babies. She was shocked and dismayed. I was very dismayed when um, someone tried to shoot me. What? <laughs> it's not a saloon! Dick managed to have his glory. I don't blow bubbles. What the fuck did we just do? <laughs> this is Rumors and Confabulation. You guys ready to hear some tales of murder? Um. Yeah. Yes. Need <laughs> a subject change. So I'm gonna be as delicate as I can be with this. Be All be right. delicate like Chris Chan is with a lot. Oh God, no! <laughs> you know he's like just straight up trending on things like Twitter oh, yeah. and even just like if you type in Google, just like who is, it'll say like Chris Chan will. Auto finish. Actually, right I, I think a lot of like left leaning people it's have crazy. kind of shown their ass a little bit on this subject by being like, "Well, oh, he's a—it's just a trans bully victim." Like they don't know anything about the, the topic. They're just like, no. "No, yeah." I was seeing some articles that were like acting. Yeah, no, they don't know the backstory. No, if you did, you would not. You would know this person, no. but. Rod Farrell and the Vampire Clan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you almost sound excited to talk about them. Instead I am of- kind of okay. So uh, we've got <laughs> me, less Isaac, disturbing in a in a large way. It is less disturbing. Although his relationship with his mother 
There's oh. a lot to be said there. So it's probably because it's less modern. You'd probably be maybe talking the same way if this was. Well, this guy's a straight up murderer, at least. So we know where we stand True. on him uh, completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's nothing shocking here. True. But the only thing Chris murdered was that pussy. Ew. I was I, ho- I was hoping you were going to say like comics, you know, like he, he murdered no. Sonic, uh, Pikachu, well, you know. Yeah. Oh gosh. So Isaac is speaking. Um, John, we've got still, and we're doing remote again, everybody. But we got John here. What's up? And we got Dalton here. Hey. So uh, let's jump into it. Um, so when we last left things, uh, Roderick Farrell had grouped up four other members of the vampire clan with him on a trip to escape Murray, Murray, Kentucky. This all came about after he mutilated puppies at the local animal shelter of Callaway County, Kentucky in October of 1996. So I'm going to back up just a little bit from the end of the last time. Because I didn't want to load up too much on the puppy talk, but I have to address something. She can't let it go. I'm sorry. So in all, they were charging Rod Farrell and Howard Scott Anderson. Those were the two. Remember I said that there was two people that they had on their watch list last time? The sheriff's mm-hmm. did? Those were the two people. They charged them for abusing more than 40 dogs. Jesus. 40. Witnesses and uh, just people who talked to Rods or probably other members of the Vampire Clan or just people on the periphery there. They told police that he just straight up enjoyed killing cats on the regular. And uh, he liked to take them behind his house and beat them to death. Hmm. He also reportedly did um, the same thing to other dogs. And he also, and I don't know, luckily I'm not sure how factual this information is. But he apparently liked to bury dogs alive. Jesus. So, yeah. He's um, really messed up. And I really hate him. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Rod Farrell actually did show up to the Callaway County Sheriff's Office in response to um, these charges that were bringing, they were bringing out. And he showed up at the Callaway County, Kentucky Sheriff's Office in complete white face paint with red lipstick on. What the fuck? And he just walked in there and they said, uh, the sheriff, Stan Scott, said that he was sporting an attitude. And he knew it was, they were, he was just doing that, trying to freak them out. And it didn't work. It okay. did. That's why he mentioned it. Yeah, yeah it did. It did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it became clear, though, uh, that they needed to get out of Murray. So... That's where they loaded up in the car, which I believe the car belonged to Dana Cooper. Um, I saw some... The 19-year-old woman? Yeah, the 18-year-old. I believe it's her car that they're loading up into. But I never could find out, like, a maker model on that car or anything like that. And it was apparently a rust dump of a car. No, it was a it was a it was a Dodge Viper. <laughs> they, they had a, uh, it was a classic Porsche. They were leaving Murray, Kentucky. <laughs> yes, these teenagers uh, that were sucking each other's blood. So, See, if they had a sweet ride, they wouldn't have to get their kicks by right. blood. Turn your yeah. attention elsewhere, people. Just save up for a yeah. sweet ride. Exactly. <laughs> so, the destination of this trip. Which was advertised to the members at first as just a general escape from Murray. You know, they're just off to 
you know, sow their seed somewhere else, you know? Well, they click qu- quickly settled in on going to Eustis, Florida. So, mm-hmm. why would they want... Why is there a Eustis, Florida? <laughs> Eustis, Florida is a town outside of Orlando. It's about uh, 35 oh. miles further inland from Orlando. Oh. It's uh, roughly the same size as Murray. What the fuck? What? So Why would you want to go there? Exactly. The reason being is because of Heather Windorf. So there's something I left out about the backstory of Rod Farrell last time. He had briefly moved to Eustis, Florida when he was a teenager, along with his mother, Sandra Gibson. They were moving in with Sandra's then-boyfriend, who lived there. While there, Rod, uh, I mean, obviously, Rod hated everything about the Florida life. And uh, I guess, you know, it just wasn't as evil as Murray was. (laughs) But he started to find his footing, uh, and he met Heather Windorf. So, Heather is the kind of girl, let's just paint a picture here of Heather, She's um, 14 or 15 at the time. She's a sophomore in high school. Okay. Mm-hmm. Heather is the kind of girl that's been called a quote-unquote free spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, she would mm-hmm. reportedly dye her hair a different color depending on the mood Whoa! she's in. Right. Gnarly. Uh, she wore mostly black. She had Crazy. a Barbie strung on a noose tied to her Hell backpack. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, I mean, you know, she's just like... The emo goth scene kid is what she is. Mm-hmm. I think we I all still think she could do better than Rod. Anyone can do better than Rod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but was this back before like saying and emo chicks were really a thing? You know what I mean? This I mean, is kind of like the been rise around for a long while. I'm gonna but... say this is about the rise of it. I would say. Okay. Would be my guess. She had more of like a Sid from Toy Story touch, though. <laughs> 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 So, Rod was immediately attracted to Heather, and they began a relationship pretty quickly. Heather said of Rod, When I first met him, he was not like a lot of the other kids. He seemed older just because of how he spoke. How intelligent he was. He was charming. He He was dropped out of school at this point, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He could tell a lie like it was the truth. That's... In quote. Okay. Tell a lie like it was the truth. I mean, well, I mean, the best lies have a little bit of truth in them, so I mean... Yeah. So, so she's just saying his the evidence of him being smart is he is a narcissist. Yes, yeah. I think so, yeah. Which a lot <laughs> okay, of people seem I to mean, mix those up. I guess that's a type of intelligence... Social intelligence, maybe? I don't know. I mean, On everything that I can see, every member of the vampire clan all said one thing about Rod, and that's that he was charming. Yeah, he could charm them. Yeah. They're fucking idiots. I mean, who doesn't get charmed by a red <laughs> lipstick, white-faced man chopping off puppies' limbs? Yeah. Who's not charmed by that? Which I, I don't wanna, think I mean, he ever brought that up discuss, to her. like... There's not, like, a reverence toward him that there is toward, like, Jim Jones, though. 
Well, I mean, Jim Jones had like 400 people following to Guatemala. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. So, but even if you... Guyana. If, sorry, sorry, Guyana. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, I guess there's sorry. not like footage of Rod, like preaching or whatever no yeah words. we don't you can know find stuff like that of no, jim jones and we don't be like All right. he wasn't that type of cult he was a, yeah one thing we do know well rod was a little more hands-on than jim jones i mean literally i don't know jim jones was pretty hands-on at some point rod's having people drink his own blood you can't get more hands-on than that yeah, but he wasn't like children of God hands on. Well, true. I mean, kind of. I mean, he was having sex with every member of the vampire clan. Huh? Yeah, and he was still underage at this point. In some states, if both parties are underage, it's still considered child. Yeah, That's true, yeah. So. Well, just as Rod Farrell was... Sorry, let me repeat that. Just as Vasago was settling into <laughs> the Eustace scene, Sandra and her boyfriend, you know, number whatever broke up man and just like that visago was brought back to murray kentucky to reign chaos over the lands of western kentucky yeah visago returns <laughs> so in the months leading up to rod and company's departure from murray heather had kept up a correspondence with rod to the point that sandra had to cut off her phone because rod had run up the phone bill over a thousand dollars Jesus. All just from calls to Florida. Oh, yeah, that was back when long distance and yeah. air quotes was actually a thing. Now we don't even think of that unless you're calling international. Right, no, yeah, this is landline. Can't do a long distance for very long. They were doing it for hours. Wow. And it was during one of these phone calls that Heather apparently, and I say this because we're not sure of the truth, but apparently told Rod that her living situation was hell. And that her father was abusing her, both uh, just in the normal sense of abuse and sexually. It's weird. I would have thought she would have like a perfectly normal background. I mean, the description <laughs> of her and the fact that she would be in a relationship with Rod. I just thought she would come from a normal, loving family. But oh, well, plot twist. Um, we'll get to a bit about her family in a little bit. Mm. But Rod... they're werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> shit well this uh triggered rod and so he decided (laughs) that his escape had to be now and he had to rescue heather and that's when he brought along dana cooper charity kesey howard scott anderson this is the rescue squad Mm -hmm. going down to florida all right i'm starting to like these kids now (laughs) so not much is known about the ride down to florida which i mapped it out to roughly 12 hour drive from murray kentucky to eustis florida the only thing that is known, or at least that I know, is that Rod claims he took what they call golden dragonfly acid oh, <laughs> the whole way down. What a, what a dumb shit. So he's tripping balls. Once Damn. in Florida, the vampire clan didn't immediately go to Heather's house. They first went to Shannon Yohe's house. Shannon was a classmate and friend of Rod's while he was in Florida. And so while there, Rod used her phone to call Heather and tell her the plans. Because again, this is pre-cell phone, you know, days. So they don't have, you know, any of that stuff. So he had to get down there, tell Heather what's going down. What he told Heather is that he's going to pick her up. She needs to sneak out of the house. They're going to pick her up and then she's going to be crossed over 
and become a vampire. So she's getting initiated on the fly? Yes. To go down to Florida? Yeah. All right. So this Shannon Yohi, she would later say that um, all the self-inflicted wounds, you know, that Rod had collected, uh, they had not been there when he lived in Florida, which was just a year prior to all this going down. She said they weren't there. She also said um, that the next evening after this, Rod turned back up and told Shannon straight up that he was going to kill Heather's parents, the Windorfs. And he said he was going to do this because he needed their car. Okay. So Shannon even recalled a moment where Visago was staring at a gap in the cabinets in her kitchen. And he said that he hoped the Windorfs had a setup similar to this so that he could use it as a springboard to break their necks. Lovely, right? Gap in the cabinets. I'm still confused. Yeah. Like, I'm not real sure what they were getting after there. But I'm just like picturing like a Charles Manson hiding in the cabinet when <laughs> Maybe that just is just bullshit that he said in front of her to like try to sound dark or something. Well that's like, what yeah. that's how she took it. Yeah, that's she how she like, took it. What she was you, like, what do you think? He's staring into space. What are you thinking of? Just death and blackness. Snapping necks. Yeah. Well, that's when Scott Anderson, who's, you know, hanging out there, too. Scott Anderson just chimes in and says, my favorite way to kill someone is decapitation. See, Scott's an honest guy. He's <laughs> the one you can trust. He's not a bullshitter. <laughs> Well, while at Shannon's, the group also performed some sort of ritual that involved Dana drinking blood from Rod's arm. So Rod's like, check this out, Shannon. <laughs> Just busting her. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, Shannon stated that she believed that they wanted her to join their cult. But um, she says she was disgusted at this point, And she told them to leave. Yeah, some and people are so judgmental. <laughs> she also did not believe that they were going to do anything harmful she thought it was yeah. all bluster you know i would think a the bunch same of teenagers thing. full of shit yeah <laughs> yeah no i get it i get it well then rod made one more stop before getting heather he stopped off at audrey Presson's house another classmate he's just trying to collect the ladies as many Jesus. of them as he can some rescue mission he's on <laughs> well audrey Presson, uh she would not even let rod in the house and she immediately just said get out of here the only thing she asked him was, why are you here? And he said, cryptically, unfinished business. Oh, fuck off, you lame ass. Gotta hate this guy. I know. <laughs> he is the worst. He really is the worst. There's nothing redeemable about Rod Farrell. Not no. a thing. Well, is that Especially because, you know, he's he is just such a trash bag. Yeah. He's just a trash bag, trash can, trash man. He is. <laughs> trash bag, trash can, trash man. If he, <laughs> it's not like there was potential. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If he hadn't been a vampire, he would have just been like a fucking low-life scumbag mm -hmm. who, like, the highlight of his life is, like crowd surfing at Ozfest or something. <laughs> at Woodstock like, 99. Like crowd surfing is what it would be. Yes. <laughs> he'd, be there, he'd get like 15 feet or so and then someone would just stop and he's here, pump those gifts yeah. of people just dropping. He would have fit right into the crowd at Woodstock, Woodstock 99 checking out like... Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Um, if 
He had just waited three more years. Right, he could have fit. He could have. He could have been a roadie for some shitty, been. like low tier band. Yeah, man. What band would he have been with though? Cole Chamber. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I was gonna shank. say. Um, <laughs> Spine. <laughs> no, I was gonna Nobody say. Good. He probably like Mudvayne. But <laughs> yeah, I can see that. So it was at this point in their Florida trip, that they finally met up with Heather. And Heather had snuck out of the house, done as planned, and they promptly crossed her over by initiating her into the vampire clan and having her drink Feral's blood and Feral drink hers. Rod then scouted out the Windorf home. He got details of the home from Heather as well as a little scouting mission. Now, he told Heather that they were just going to steal the car. And that's why they needed the espionage. At least that's what Heather says. Is this back in Eustace or is this up in Murray? This is in Eustace. Eustace, okay. At the Windorf home. They, at this time, they go back and forth a little bit and it gets a little... No, once they get She's to Eustace... Been yeah, they've been in Eustace. Once they get oh, there, they, okay, okay. Yeah, they're, they're, they haven't gone anywhere else. Yeah, they're just driving around Eustace. Just kind of being general okay, menace okay, okay. in Eustace. Apparently, once satisfied with the scouting mission, Rod and Scott Anderson left Dana, Charity, and Heather in the car. The three of the three ladies took Heather to Heather's boyfriend's house because she has a boyfriend. Took her there so she could say her final farewells. Oh, so break up with him? Yeah. Basically, yeah. I found someone wow, better. His name's Visago. Like... He's a 500-year-old vampire lord. <laughs> the, the biggest bullet-dodged moment. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, he's probably just trying to be like, oh, okay, and then as soon as he closes the door, she's <laughs> like, whew. So, they had all decided that their destination after all of this was going to be New Orleans, Louisiana. It's and, a spooky I guess, town. I'll let you in on why here in just a minute. Voodoo and cemeteries and actually, I'll just tell you now because it's so stupid. You would think maybe yeah, occult stuff, you know, because it seems to be heavy in New Orleans. No, it's because Rod Farrell had, I guess, once been to New Orleans and knew of a uh, video arcade that he really enjoyed. (laughs) What? Yeah, Visago liked to play games. Visago liked the arcade. Visago feels comfortable playing Soul Calibur One. I mean. (laughs) <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess arcades were still going in the Oh, in that's 90s, a yeah. peak. That's a prime maybe, time arcade. Maybe not yeah. in Eustace, but certainly in Orlando, you probably could have had a pretty solid arcade. Well, but this Just, is in New Orleans. True. So, he doesn't need or any part of He doesn't want any part of Orlando's arcade. He no, wants he New, or, New Orleans. Arcade. I mean, it would be better for him. Orlando would just be fucking awful. Keep in mind, this guy does claim that he's on uh, Golden Dragonfly Acid. Yeah, he's really cool like that. Is that just a strain of acid or something he's just pulling out of his ass? I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, I do not know. Dalton, if you can find anything. Keep going. So, actually, Dalton, I'm going to wait on you. Because the next bit, yeah, I'll wait on you. It is a real thing. However, it's 
not acid. It's another hallucinogen that's kind of in the acid, like related to it, but uh, it's one third the potency of LSD generally. Oh, but it lasts a long ass time, several mm. days. Oof. So okay, fun. So a lot of bang for your buck there. All right, so he really is just tripping out the whole time. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Puts a different picture on it. Yeah, he really is. Because everything else I'd heard, I'd never heard anybody mention he was on whatever. Yeah. Of course, that's what he says, too. That's if you trust that's him. That's a good point. It's a teenager bragging about what they, you Yeah, know. do you trust him? There's a lot. I drink like 32 beers and then a golden dragonfly. I drink two 12-packs in uh, an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Just for pre-game, dude. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. So here I'm going to have to try to be delicate here, guys. Um, I'm just going to try to kind of plow through this a little bit. Rod Farrell broke into the Windorf's garage. He picked up a crowbar from the utility room that was attached to the garage and entered the home proper. Rod with Scott Anderson behind him, found Heather's father, Richard Windorf, asleep on the couch in the living room. And Rod never gave him a chance. Farrell began beating the 49-year-old manager at Crown Cork and Seal across his entire body, fracturing his skull and ribs instantly. Uh, he was, yeah, he never had a chance at all to fight back. 54-year-old Ruth Windorf, who was mostly known in the community for volunteering at the Eustis High School, was taking a shower when she heard the commotion from downstairs. She came running down, and it's here that the two killers, or the two men in the house, their stories differ. Scott Anderson stated later on, that I was going to go for the father, and he was going to go for the mother. But when I saw him make that first blow, I couldn't do it. Which So this obviously suggests premeditated murder, and not what Rod will later say was just a heat of the moment. Rod says that he had uh, no intention of killing Ruth, but Ruth came downstairs. She saw the scene, saw Rod with the murder weapon, bloodied, Saw her husband's uh, skull fractured open. She grabbed a pot of hot coffee and threw it at Rod. Rod then says this is when he just had to kill her. And Rod turned toward Ruth and uh, began beating her mercilessly with the crowbar. As he tells the story, she had a hold of his hair and he began stabbing the top of her head with the sharp, sharper end of the crowbar. Oh my god. I've never even heard of such. Yeah. So, after the murders were complete, Rod and Scott reportedly danced over the bodies. They also Mm -hmm. reportedly burned uh, V's into the bodies. Presumably. So they branded them. Yeah. Presumably, you know, vampire. A first responder at the scene would go on to describe the scene as a, quote, Jackson Pollock painting with just the color red. And one police officer said it was the worst case he ever worked in his life. 
I believe that. I mean, in Eustace, probably, I'd say. <laughs> in the end, uh, Rod had beaten each, both Windorf parents, over 20 times. So, Jennifer Windorf, Heather's 17-year-old sister, came home on November 25th, 1996, to find her father dead on the couch and her mother's brains on the floor of the kitchen. And her sister gone. Also gone was the 1993 Ford Explorer, as well as a shotgun. So Jennifer, years later, recalled her first reaction to seeing her dad uh, was, quote, where did his face go? Ah. That one bothered me a little bit. Oh, that means he was laying face up on the couch and he just come in with that crowbar and it's like. Well, this is yeah, this is where some speculation comes in. Apparently, even though they branded them, they also were trying to set up the crime scene as if a it was just like a robbery gone wrong. So it really makes no sense. They brand them with the big V's, and then at the same time, they kind of rummaged through the house, you know, messed a lot of things up that they didn't, you know, weren't part of the struggle. Put their fingerprints everywhere, and then... Well, that too, yeah. (laughs) Jennifer, though, um, was not fooled at all by the attempts at making it look like a robbery. Jennifer immediately put the cops onto Rod Farrell's trail, because she had heard some things about him through Heather... And she said it has to have something to do with this guy. Has to. So, the police, now turned vampire hunters, sent out a word. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you you know, the people that weren't on the case were, like, giving the dudes that were on the case, like, yeah. shit. Being like, being like, hey, man, you will take this with you? And, like, giving them vials of, like, holy water or some shit just to fuck with them. <laughs> if you're chasing Visago, here's some garlic. <laughs> Because you know that's what it was. It was just some asshole deputies was telling the detectives, being like. <laughs> like that, it's like that damn, that, that Tom Cruise movie. Got <laughs> vampires. Well, the um, vampire hunters quickly sent out the word to Murray, uh, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and found all the information they need to know about the missing teens, plus the one adult, because Dana Cooper is technically an adult. Did she even go in? No. Inside? So the women, okay. none of the girls went inside. Yeah, that's a man's job. <laughs> so the hunt was actually going nowhere at first. Um, they they actually smartly, and I'm not sure how they really managed to do this, but they actually switched the tags from the Ford Explorer. So I'm not sure like what they switched it with that fooled them for so long. But they actually, I mean, it's just like that standard thing you see on TV. They pull into a parking lot and just take, find something that looks same color Ford Explorer pulled up, just yeah. change the thing. Yeah, and then, probably. Because until you literally get out and check the VIN against the plate, you can't know from... Yeah, good and it's back in the 90s. They weren't as computerized as are now, so they literally have to call in. Yeah, good point. And ask someone to pull the tag up for them, because now they just got computers. They type the license plate in, and it's up in yeah. less than a couple minutes. Now it's... Yeah, so... That might be part of it. Yeah, very true. Well, they um, decide to really take their time, because as I stated, they're going to the video arcade in New Orleans, um, But they, which I mapped out again, and it's actually a shorter drive from Eustis to New Orleans than it is from Murray to Eustis. Yeah, because you just follow that highway along the Gulf Coast. Yeah, so I mean, it's still like a 10-hour drive, so still long. Yeah. 
but they so it's took a long a ten- drive to play a game of centipede. <laughs> <laughs> well, these kids took a ten-hour drive and turned it into four days. Heather claims that it was in these days that she actually found out about what Rod and Scott did in the house. So she just thought they just went and stole the car yes. and shotgun and yes, she thought yeah, she thought that she had she says she had no knowledge that they were going to do anything like that to her parents. She claims then that she was paralyzed with fear and didn't really know what to do at this point. Huh. Back in Murray, Kentucky, authorities were chasing any lead they could, and boy, did they take a bit of a goof on this one. <laughs> so one teenager that knew the group and presumably a cult member, told the cops that the cult members, that they were driving a white Ford Bronco. Uh. (laughs) Remember, this is 1996. Yeah. And while taking this statement, the power went out, just happened to go out in the apartment complex, and the police went nuts because they thought this was straight up the work of vampires. Oh, ho, ho, ho. They went crazy. They started interviewing everyone in the entire apartment complex because they thought someone was harboring vampires in the apartment complex. I like to think that, like, the Eustace cops are all very professional and treating this as serious, and the Murray cops are like, They're real vampires! Run for your lives! (laughs) Well, I mean, if you think about it, it is a game of telephone. The Eustace people actually saw the shit to... Of course, I guess the Murray people had to deal with that animal stuff. That they did. The last so yeah, time, they knew what they're. They capable knew what he was of. capable of. They just and if anybody went and watched the documentary that I was talking about, you can clearly see they knew what corners they were hanging out on. <laughs> they saw these. They saw these vampire kids every day. Hmm. But the cops, after going on a wild vampire chase throughout the apartment, they chased a totally innocent man who happened to be driving a white Ford Bronco. In oh my Murray. God. <laughs> this poor how guy. How great would it be if. I know they said that as an OJ joke, but how great yeah. would, it, would it be if that is what started the OJ chase <laughs> and it somehow went all the way to san francisco <laughs> after that yes he was just passing somehow through stopped Murray, multiple Kentucky. times to get gas <laughs> i love that theory <laughs> that, oh universe. that would be great yeah the 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 famous helicopter footage following him down the highway yeah. and then the, they just follow him into like a shell station <laughs> One second. Because <laughs> that was, was that, no, 96, you could stop and get gas and pay for it with a car, couldn't you? Or did you have to run inside and pay for it and come back out? Man, I don't know. I don't remember I don't 1996. <laughs> I mean, either way, even if he just got out and used a car, he'd still have to get out and he would get arrested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OJ's fast, but he's not that fast. That's true. Yeah. Well, of course, um, they didn't find any vampires in Murray, Kentucky. <laughs> And also, of course, the vampire clan that is down in Louisiana were completely broke. Because, again, we're talking about, as Dalton very aptly put it, dirty, dirty teenagers. That did they take any money from the family? Um, presumably, they did not. If they did, it wasn't enough to keep them going past a couple days. 
Yeah, they spin it by the time they got to New Orleans yeah. or something. I never get that because I've seen, like, there's scenes in movies where they, like, uh, uh, somebody will try to make something look like a robbery, you know? You see right. that from time. Why not just rob them, too? Why do you have to <laughs> make it look like a robbery? Out. Yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah, just take, take some, some jewels, cash. What's least. it hurt? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, again, he's on Golden Dragonfly ass. That's true. <laughs> I've never tried to, yeah, I mean, he's ambitious. They're branding Vs. They're dancing over the bodies. They're the V is themselves. a dumbass move. Golden Dragonfly or not. That makes no fucking <laughs> sense. Well, um, this is where things took a bit of a turn. Charity Kesey offered, who's the youngest member of this group, by the way, she offered to call up her grandmother, who lived in South Dakota, hoping that she would wire them some money. And how many's in the in the in the explorer going five? To, <laughs> there's five, five of them. So it's it's the two the, dudes. It's the two then... guys: Charity Kesey, Dana Cooper, and Heather Windorf. Okay, Dana Cooper's still with us. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So Charity's grandma was like, "Sure, honey, I'll send you the money. <laughs> Don't worry." Hangs up the phone. Nine one one. Yes, please. Oh, nice. She immediately calls the cops and tells them. <laughs> oh, so she somehow knew something was going she, on. Uh, well, I mean, I assume somehow. at this point, this is already four. This is four days later. We're, oh, so it's national. Yeah. By it, now. This is national news, okay. and I'm go- going to assume that like all family, immediate and immediate, you know, family members were. They've probably already been contacted yeah. by police yeah. anyway. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes and sense. And I'm sure if, if you're on the, if if you're talking to one of them on the phone and they're all together, what you hear on the other side is just just screaming and bong yeah. rips and <laughs> they didn't like, have the discipline to shut the fuck up. No, unless she stopped at the payphone or Rump's something. And just like, in her ear, ask her for ask her ask her for a set of dice. <laughs> ask her for a handbook of. Vampire the Masquerade. I forgot mine in Murray. <laughs> have her order it off the catalog and have it shipped to this. <laughs> I guarantee you, one of these people's grand grandmamas was worried when they started playing Vampire that it would lead to something like this, and they felt very vindicated after. Oh, all I'm it. sure. Uh-huh. I'm sure because yeah, it doesn't. They stood up in church the next Sunday, and honestly, mm-hmm. I think Charity Kesey may have been the last person's family they should have tried oh yeah oh well, i mean other than heather's you know obviously well yeah well but i guess you could try them i don't no, know no, no. you know so the grandmother's his mom sandra yeah oh she's who knows man she's in murray writing 14 year old boys love letters but have the cops like had any interaction with her um they've asked her yeah i mean they've been they've already interviewed her and everything Okay. I mean, but she's got nothing. She doesn't know where Rod is. Okay. I kind of... She's actually out of the loop on this one. Hmm. Uh, So, Charity's grandmother informs the cops that they are in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So, they never even made it to New Orleans. Oh. They never made it to that arcade. They got train and didn't keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So, the small group of the vampire clan were promptly picked up by the police and arrested for the murders of Richard and Ruth Windorf. Yes, Visago was arrested. So, Visago was very candid and open during the police interviews, the initial interviews, saying that when he killed them, he, quote, felt a rush and felt like a god. 
He's brag. He's doing the bragging thing that, oh. that, that a lot of them do. So again, wet Westminster three ties. Yeah, except well, I was saying what actual serial sure killers do. Yeah, the yeah, thing where they're like, there's, All right, um, I'll go into explicit detail and and fantasize about it if I must. <laughs> well, the, and there's foot. You can watch some of the footage of his uh, police interviews. Um, he goes into very stark detail about the way that he killed them. Yeah, of course. Um, In those videos, do you sense like his charm and how he had a way better vocabulary than other people? Somehow I didn't. Okay. But watch them <laughs> yourself. You might. All right. Um, he also clearly, it is very evident. Um, I mean, he says it himself. He felt no remorse for what he did. And he actually says even like a couple years after the fact, he actually said that in his mind, these murders were inevitable. If it wasn't the Windorfs, it would have been somebody else. Hmm. Remember, he did threaten. He did say that he wanted to kill Jaden, his uh, old sire, his original sire. Oh, the, yeah. the one that dropped his ass when he tried to start shit that yeah. time. Okay. He did say he wanted to kill him then, and that's why Jaden beat him up. So there was that, but uh, obviously, and he had killed you know animals. So there's some lead in, but he yeah, definitely that's escalated. The logical, he definitely escalated. Logical first step. Yeah. So when uh, entering the courtroom for the first time, Rod was seen kissing the glass partition in the entrance way. So, you know, how you can kind of see like the um, the prisoners coming into the courtroom. There's like a glass kind of as they're like going in from the hallway into the courtroom. You can kind of see him. He just like ran up. He like got just enough to where he could kiss the glass and kind of like blowing kisses at the courtroom and then when in the courtroom he just said god bless america okay yeah he's really going for the antics so all of the vampires pled guilty to their crimes except for heather windorf who insisted that she just got caught up in something that she was unaware of how serious it was she said it was in her mind it was still just a game how old was she at this point 15 17 15, oh, okay. She is 15 years old. Rod Vasago is either 16 or 500. It's <laughs> she's still 16 at this point. I thought he was like 17 or 18. Nope. Oh, shit, okay. 16. Heather was asked um, specifically, how many vampires are there in Eustis, Florida? To which she promptly sat back in her chair, folded her arms, and said, you'd be surprised. Okay, she should go to prison just for that. <laughs> yeah, she's turning into kind of a shithead too, just being. She's learned to talk like him. Yeah, seriously. Well, there's a reason she loved him. So, Rod's attorney uh, did try to argue insanity, of course, saying that uh, Rod had schizophrenia and also said that Rod had Asperger syndrome. Um, I think he's a bit too social for that, isn't he? Here. I mean, you can be a social Asperger. Oh, I know. But, but you it know, just seems did like you if... know that a lot of people say think that uh, Thomas Jefferson had, had, had Asperger's? That wouldn't surprise me. Isn't that wild? Like, high-functioning? Yeah, it's just yeah, like... It's pretty wild. But either way, um, Rod, I mean, you know... <laughs> do we actually think Who he has... Who cares if he did? Like, I do mean, we actually cool. think he's got as Like, yeah, seriously, what is having Asperger... What does it have to do with you bludgeoning two people to death? It has nothing to do was with he, your sanity. Was he tried as an adult? Well, um, yes. Or we're not there yet. He was tried as an adult. 
Okay. And Rod, um, his attorneys did also claim that he had had hallucinations in which he actually saw real angels and demons. Okay, is that the golden dragonfly <laughs> or what? The- <laughs> yeah, that's another yeah big um, dent in that armor is uh like he's oh that th- reminds so me we're jokes. gonna watch um we're gonna watch angels and demons on the Hanks cast. Oh, so there you so, go, nice yeah. tie-in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't wait for that one. Rod, uh, sorry, excuse me, Visago was really uh, raked across the coals during his hearings. Deservedly so. The prosecutors brought out his father. Remember oh. his father who had been completely missing from his entire life? I was going to say, he didn't see any men. Yeah. So they somehow or another tracked down his father. His father actually testified for some reason. Uh, he has nothing, mm-hmm. you know, what are you going to add? Uh, he's not <laughs> been around. But he refused to call Rod by his name and just called him simply the child. Jesus. And this is the only time that Farrell actually cracked in the courtroom and he sobbed. Oh. In the courtroom. Wow. Wow, man. What a what a vampire. <laughs> this is also at the same time that the letter that I had read to you guys in part one from his mother, Sandra Gibson, to the 14-year-old. <clears throat> That's when that was brought out to light was the, during this time to establish, you know, uh, his upbringing, I suppose. But I think it was actually brought out by the defense team. But then Sandra to add to the, his insanity defense, probably. Yeah. And this actually led to Sandra being charged then with uh, solicitation of rape. Oh, because, you know, it's a minor. It's a 14 year old. It's. Um, also came out remember how i had said that rod had been sexually abused as a young child in part one that came out pretty heavy it came out that sandra his mother and sandra's older sister had both been sexually abused by their father who's rod's grandfather rod's grandfather gang raped rod along with a group of his friends at the age of five sandra heard Dalton's dying. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> it's just so fucked up. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god. I know. It's a that's yeah, an appropriate response. Jesus. Honestly. It's so messed up. So Sandra heard of what happened and actually took Rod, who again, five years old, took him with her to confront her her father, the rapist. Psychologists on this case all agreed that that just completely re-traumatized him, and that's all it really did. Yeah, because, I mean, could have pressed it down and forgot about it, and then he's like, nope, we're reinforcing it right here. Yep. And remember how I said in the first part that Sandra and Rod had to bounce around to, like, boarding houses and things like that um, Mm -hmm. after that because he had been uh, sexually abused and all that? Well, I was a little wrong on that upon some further uh, investigation. Rod um, actually still had to live with his uh, rapists, and um, apparently no raping took place anymore, but he was routinely sexually abused still by the grandfather. Mm. It also came out Hmm. the gang rape was part of a ritual done by a group called Black Mask. They said that this 
ritual included a human sacrifice before the rape. What the fuck? So we're getting into some Bohemian Grove stuff or something in Murray, Kentucky? Something wild. (laughs) His grandpa was a Murray guy too, right? Yes. Okay. From all I can tell, he's a Murray man. Oh, wow. So luckily, the human sacrifice story was never substantiated. And I don't think it really changed the opinion of the court. And I don't think people really believed it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But it's still there. (laughs) It's... It's there. Yeah. So, at the very least, Rod had an insanely messed up childhood that I really can't fathom. I really can't think of how that must have been. And I don't want to. So, guys, <laughs> let's kind of start to wrap this all up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the end of the court proceedings, uh, Charity Kesey got ten and a half years for her role. Dana Cooper got 17 and a half years for her role, Mm -hmm. because, again, she's an adult. Yeah. Howard Scott Anderson got life in prison. Visago was placed on death row, making him the youngest inmate to be given that honor. Hmm. Was he tried by the state of Florida or the state of Kentucky? Florida. Sorry. I talked over Dalton. What did you say, Dalton? Does does he still hold that uh, title? As far as I know, he does. Wow. Yeah, as far as I know, he See, does. Kentucky's still got some <laughs> records, right? Yeah. Well, that's why I was asking, was he charged by Florida? <laughs> he was charged by, by Florida. He's They're all around the Oh, yeah. 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 That's yeah. a fair point. Yeah. Of, yeah. I didn't know if it was considered federal since they crossed state lines, but they did all their crimes in Kentucky. Yeah. So, Well, in okay. Florida. I mean, Florida yeah. shit. Sorry. The only thing that they could have brought him as made it federal would have been the animal abuse, and I guess they just kind of dropped that after the murders. Yeah. they seem. It seems like that probably... Like how it happens, like with serial killers. Yeah, you know, even if they have like evidence of uh, animal stuff, they don't ever like add that into the sentence. Well, I mean, what are you going to add? It's on? just paperwork, yeah. and they're like, "Why yeah. would we do this?" It's it's just like, adds to just... your fifteen life sentences. Yeah. I mean, it's so sick. But I'm just saying, maybe those dogs would have had some like uh, closure <laughs> if they added those. Screw you! But, you know, God, dang it. <laughs> Well, all of this is something that Rod should have seen coming because something else I forgot to tell you guys, or I'm pretty sure I forgot to tell you guys in part one, is that Rod did consider himself to be a bit of a fortune teller. Yeah, all right. Visago could tell you the future. What was his means of divination? um, Blood drinking? (laughs) I don't know. Tea leaves? (laughs) <laughs> didn't know if he like scattered blood out and like <laughs> no unfortunately that, that like wasn't a, detailed that could be a pretty cool prison trick for like he can be the the fortune guy yeah there. there you go <laughs> well uh Farrell actually was happy with the sentencing he called the electric chair a big majestic throne of death oh my exactly god rod claimed that he had fantasized about dying by electric chair since he was nine years old. And Perfectly he, normal. He considered the electric chair the epitome of a dark death. Were they still even using the chair mm-hmm. that late? Well, apparently that's what he was going to get. I, th- I would say they were in Florida. Yeah. I know the South kept it around longer because wasn't Alabama or Louisiana like kept it way longer than anybody else. In Texas. Yeah, yeah. in Texas. Don't I didn't know if they were about Texas. Yet or... But you just said he's gonna. Did he get 
So again, we're in the we're in the um epilogue now. Oh, okay. So Murray, Kentucky. I'm gonna take things back to Murray, Kentucky. Murray was very shocked by the news of the Windorf murders, and one article from a local newspaper that I found, which I just the beginning of the article states that Murray has always been known up to this point as the home of the Boy Scout Museum. Now it's being known as the vampire place. <laughs> So you used to be known for something creepy as shit, and now you're known for another thing. Something that's creepy less as shit. creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, what? What are you going to tell me? His grandfather was like the curator of the Boy Scout Museum. <laughs> Is that what happens next? No, well, that didn't come out until like no, the past no, ten no. years, didn't it? Back yeah. in the nineties, they didn't know. No, that. they didn't know that stuff then. But no, this article, um, it's just a fun, kind of funny kind of little article that just has, I mean, I guess it's not funny, but it has quotes from locals at the Hungry Bear restaurant. Um, it's just kind of article, just a local slice of life article that, you know, just showing that the whole town was whispering about, could this be a vampire? Could that be a vampire? Are they killing people back there? Are they doing it there? And uh, one... The Murray vampire trials start up and then... The- man, it's honestly amazing that more that people didn't get like totally just persecuted in murray honestly from some of the sounds of some of these articles i found um one uh patron at the hungry bear said told the article told the journalist that uh quote the fear of the unknown is always greater than the fear of the known because they didn't know where these vampires were so callaway county prosecutor david harrington was actually realistic though and said that these are just kids that wanted to be a part of something, to feel like they belonged, and just one of them took things way too far. And that is yeah. the realistic approach. Mm-hmm. So there was enough cool heads to keep things calm in Murray. <laughs> well, that's such a dumbass headline anyway. The The fear of the known isn't as scary. You know what they did. Right. So now just keep that's an eye why on why you're the, scared. Yeah, keep an eye on the vampire kids. If there was no known... What would the unknown even be? <laughs> About slung his laptop off his lap. <laughs> that just that just annoys me. Uh-huh. Well when there it's just assumed just, like something out there even worse for sure. Well, maybe, no way this could be an anomaly. Maybe they're gonna summon a eight hundred year vampire. Yeah. Who knows? And people just being ignorant and these are the same people fighting against having mental health counselors in schools and everything and Yeah. Probably. So Visago did not get his wish for the electric chair. As he yeah, was resentenced to life in prison because he was a minor. So some laws kind of changed around and some stuff happened to where he was resentenced uh, just a few years after he was on death row. Um, Scott Anderson had been re- actually got resentenced uh, more, much more recently. He was resentenced to serving 41 years in prison. So his expected release date is uh, 2031. Oh, hey. Um, All right. Yeah. So he's there's that. You know, the man. He'll be like sixty. Yeah, something like that. But he could still do something, I guess, with his time. Yeah, he can do something. Um, Charity and Dana have both served out their sentences and are back out on the streets. Ooh, I want to see what one of these looks like. (laughs) Charity Kesey. Of course. Except for Visago, it's good that they retried him, but still, it's like yeah. I think it's, it's just, good that he is not going to get 
No, yeah, wanted. he doesn't need to come out. He needs to stay in and get treated. No, I mean, whatever. I like that he's not getting executed since he seemed like since he was he jacking off over yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's almost worse for him to have to stick around because mm-hmm. then he's basically, yep. He's going to have to live another 500 years. <laughs> so, Heather Windorf, she's never convicted of anything. No. Oh. Never once. And uh, she has been living hmm. a seemingly normal life uh, for several years now. Uh, so Sandra Gibson, Rod's mother, has been livid over this fact. Uh, she believes that Heather is the primary culprit and goaded Rod into killing her parents. Um, mm-hmm. The court, though, believes Heather when she says that Rod made up everything uh, regarding her part in the story. And he just wanted to kill someone, which is what I'm going to believe, too. It makes the most sense. Yeah. yeah. I don't think Heather knew what she was getting into. I really don't. I think Heather was just the same as Audrey Presson and Shannon Yohe. Um, you know, the other two girls that Rod tried to recruit and use this. Uh, I just don't. I think that she just um, had a stronger connection with Rod when he was there and where they had actually dated and everything. And I just think that she um, just put her trust in a really awful person. That's what I think. No, I think you're correct on that. I don't really see another way to see it. Yeah. Well, you could see like Sandra and just say that she's at fault for it all. The seductress. Yeah. I mean, Rod was already killing again. Killing. He had all the signs. He had all of the signs. It was in. It was inevitable that he was going to escalate it to a certain point unless something got in his way, and nothing ever got in his way. And until running out of money on their way to New Orleans. exactly exactly but i do want to stress something here and that's something you know like with the shock for murray and stuff like that in the 90s this is kind of like the last stand for this stuff not being that normal you know what i mean like this is right before columbine now in 2021 we hear a story like this and we're just like well that's odd but you know, it's out there. In 1996, yeah. this story is absolutely shocking that a 16-year-old could just flat out murder two completely innocent individuals and then want to go play a video game at an arcade. Yeah, that would be in the news for like a week yeah. now, probably. Yeah. And then like, all right, on to the next. Honestly, if... Uh, well, not even that. a week sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know how that stuff goes. Yeah. You gotta get a bigger body count if you wanna stay yeah. on the front page. And so yeah, I just I wanna stress that fact for if we have any, you know, younger listeners who don't remember the nineties. <laughs> well, people always mention Columbine as a cutoff. Actually I I would say it was like the post Columbine yeah. the early yeah. post Columbine Well, ones Columbine either. started that whole video the violent video games are causing this. They didn't say, Oh, he wanted to play Street Fighter in the arcade, that's a violent video game with whatever it's mm-hmm. having the violent video game at home because the Columbine kids are doomed. That's I that's, mean, that's true. Yeah. But There's you know when you had like Virginia Tech and yeah. all those. No, yeah, it's the two thousands that really changed. Yeah, everything. early two thousands. It is the two thousands. Well, I think the Virginia Tech was like around like more like two thousand Six, two thousand seven. Yeah, that one's always just the one I think of first because the guy had a very long and yeah involved manifesto, yeah. And, and that really changed the how the up. security and stuff like that that colleges across the country took. But 
I mean, this is just such a shocking, you know, gut punch, especially to a place like Murray, Kentucky, where they've never, you know, like they don't have violent crime. I mean, like the animal shelter stuff was a huge blow to their community. Now you hear that to, that four people from your community went down to Florida and slaughtered two people for no reason. That's a shock to the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, in 2021, it's uh, no longer such a shock. So why do you think it is that like guys like this and like the serial killers, there is like you're kind of drawn to them in a way like you want to learn more about them. But then the, yeah. the school shooters and the movie theater shooters, I just want to say, like, fuck off. I don't want to yeah. learn anything about you people. Yeah. Is that I think like half just of me it's contemporary. I, this was also kind of the end of the interesting, like, the internet kicked off right after this. And that kind of... Yeah, we're in the 4chan. It's the 4chan era of yeah. murderers. Back yeah. then, it was like information didn't spread like it did unless it was on cable news. But that's still, I don't know, I think, for me, at least, it's, I think it's a, a lot of it's like a psychological thing. There's mm-hmm. something that is different psychologically, because the the people who do the mass shootings, there's so much just like, there's no, they're not really thinking at all, and they're just taking such an easy, coward, cowardly way. It's of, easy, that's the thing. Yes, and it's yeah. it's just it's so easy for them to do it, and it's right. this guy at least had a long build up. Yeah, he had a build up to this. He stair stepped and stair stepped and stair stepped until he finally went back. Yeah, and you you can see you know the steps here. So many of these people that are doing the mass shootings is literally the build up is so quick we don't notice it. Yes, or it's so hidden on the internet we don't notice yes. it. Mm-hmm. And I think I mean at least for me, some if I'm like honest with myself. The mass shooters actually is kind of, is is scary because because there's no yeah warning. that's true yeah you yeah. don't know what's going to happen that's probably a big part of it yeah I'm not worried that I'm going to get picked up hitchhiking and stabbed to death right but I do well it's also a different think, era there's barely anybody hitchhiking nowadays there's barely anybody yeah. answering Craigslist ads doing yeah. stupid shit. and that is another part of just like looking up like class you know the quote unquote classic you know serial killers <laughs> and by yeah. that I mean like older is you know, it's it's also kind of a history lesson as well. You kind of see what yeah. pop culturally, what was just kind of what life was like then. Mm-hmm. And now with the mass shooters, yeah, we are living in that time. So we don't really need to look into that aspect of things. Although people do need to look at that aspect of things, I guess, actually, because maybe we can figure out why it's happening. So it really yeah, I mean, it does need to be analyzed much more than it is. Um, but... I'm I don't not want to sound to. like a grandpa trying to ban shit, but I really think the internet and like message boards and that that's a that's where a lot of this is cultivated. This like for the lulls meme. Yeah, because I mean, just think about what Rod Farrell's life would have been like if he had had four chan, eight chan. Oh yeah, that. he, he would have had a posting. completely different outlet. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have been the people around Murray that he would have been pulling in. He would have been online some Facebook group or something talking to people, and then yeah. it might have, have just a, diluted itself some other way. You would have a Pepe tattoo. <laughs> he would have just grown up and been some really creepy person, Like, but that have been, might have been the end of it. I mean, hopefully. So. But he could have just been one of these mm. mass shooters. Yeah, yeah that's, exa- that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Who is like 
Facebook living the whole thing. Yeah. Or he could have actually tried to start like a cult, like an actual cult. But yeah, fuck those people. We will not ever do an episode on any of them. Not so even If that's close. what you want, listen to some other not, show. Not even close. How could you even get content off of that, though? It's like, seriously, mm. it's like... Mm. The news can't even get content off of it. They're done with it in a week. Which is sad. And uh, It is. (laughs) It is. It's more, yeah. And I was going to say it's because they're younger, maybe, but that Las Vegas guy... He was 50-something, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. and it's still just like he was just a guy... Yeah. Seemed normal, like what? There's like no story here at all with any of these. Well, um, to get back just quickly to Chris Chan, yes. <laughs> no. there is a story <laughs> with Chris Chan. Well, um, Heather Windorf, um, I had told you that she had, um, you know, her life was kind of normal. She is actually married to a man named Dan Kelly, and she lives in North Carolina now. Wow. Yeah, she says uh, she still doesn't really like to go back to uh, the Eustis area, but she does it on occasion because her family, her sister's there and stuff like that. And her family um, has, you know, some. she had some issues with some of her family, but her family has taken her back in and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, She does, though, admit to still wearing black on the occasion. She's not. She admits to that? Yeah. She's like saying, like, I'm not like still, I'm not like against goth stuff, though. Yeah. I'm glad she addressed um, that. Okay, and you remember Jaden Murphy? I talked brought him brought him up briefly earlier. Yes, um, you know Rod's original side, the one who used to sword fight with Rod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Jaden uh, kept up with the vampire thing for years after Rod, and um, he actually had plans to move to L.A., Los Angeles, <laughs> Hollywood vampire. Yeah. Um, apparently, nice. that didn't take because he is currently. 2021, hold up in the Callaway County Jail for any guesses? Math. Um, incest. And the winner is John. He's there uh, for meth. I mean, statistically speaking, it was the easiest answer. So That's what would have happened to Rod. <laughs> Honestly, could have been, yeah. yeah. That's the best case scenario for him. So, in 20... 20- I think fentanyl would have got him by now. Though. Been... Yeah, he probably, yeah. <laughs> Well, in 2019, Roderick Justin Farrell was given a resentencing hearing in 20, yeah, like I said, in 2019. Rod came into it confident, saying, I have a woman and I have a job waiting on me. I even have a cat and a dog waiting. I've got a girlfriend that goes to another school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I so hard cringed when I saw the cat and dog waiting. I'm like, mm. oh, I didn't even think it. <laughs> Don't let him around him. So Jennifer Windorf at the hearing in 2019, you know, Heather's older sister, uh, she pleaded with the courts to keep him locked up. She here's a quote from her. The pain will never go away. Life was perfect before the murders. I had a scholarship to FSU. Great friends. I was co-captain of the cheerleaders. I'd been promoted at my part-time job at Publix. I was able to save money and even pay some of my bills. My life was so full. I had love. I had it all until I had nothing. Jennifer lived with her uncle Bill, who was her father's twin brother, during the time after the murders. That's 
weird. Yeah, that would be that would be really that weird. That would be so sad because she literally was wondering where her father's face has gone, and then she's constantly seeing her father's face. Hopefully, they were he wasn't an identical twin. But ooh. yeah, could you grow a mustache or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah, it is. She uh, is still haunted uh, today by what she saw on November twenty fifth, nineteen ninety six. And, uh, you know, that cop that I said, uh, he said it's the worst case he ever worked. He said at the, uh, about the resentencing, he said, um, he didn't give a second chance to the brutal murder of the mother and father. So no, as far as I'm concerned, he could stay there for life. Rod and his mother, Sandra, both have made individual statements about how much they have changed. Um, Rod even said that he found God. Standard, standard, uh, approach. And um, these statements... Wait, she wasn't still in, obviously, No, right? no, she's out and everything, but she says that she has changed still. Um, and Good to know. These statements went on, thankfully, deaf ears. As the judge said, Visago is irreparably corrupt. Jesus. And Did he say Visago in court? No. He called him Oh, damn it. I was actually kind of hoping. <laughs> yeah. But, um... That ends our story on the Kentucky Teenage Vampires. Uh, so, guys, if you ever see a LARP, well, a LARPing goth kid near you, watch out. They could try to take a crowbar to the head. You never know. Just watch them. Well. So. Yeah, well, this just reaffirms that, you know, if your first instinct is to bully or mock someone Mm -hmm. just do that don't try to get to know them because they will turn out to be like this wait but isn't the reason he's like this because he was bullied and mocked no but doesn't you don't think that has anything you don't think that if somebody like just good had tried to reach out and actually help that anything could have different happened uh probably not i mean he had that good friend that he did and he still went down his path and that friend threatened to kill him yeah. Oh, Jaden. Well, he's a vampire yeah. too. Yeah, but he was still. He, at need, least, like, he needs. He's a, in jail for meth. He needed a good influence. He's just not as crazy as Rod. He's just not violent. Who's gonna be this hero to convert these two guys? I, I mean, I just don't again, see that the, happening. The court and the judge here has twice or three times really has said that he's just through and through corrupt. There is no saving him. So I they have, um, agree with me. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you, too, but I'm just playing yeah. devil's advocate here. I got you. I mean, yeah, I don't think anything could have changed. I do think it was inevitable, honestly. I think he had the right of it. I mean... And if you had tried to be a white knight for him, he probably would have been like, just fucking normie. You don't know shit about vampires. He would have either pushed you away or he would have tried to uh, cross you over into the vampire kingdom. Yeah, that or that, yeah. I mean, that seems to be the only two things that he knew how to do when interacting with people i uh, he's a real he is a real piece of crap Rob can Farrell. we interview him uh we can reach out we reach out i think we'd have an easier time getting sandra gibson than we would Rod Ooh. Ooh. that's what we want it's just a one-on-one dalton and sandra gibson <laughs> it's just me yeah <laughs> 
So you want more Patreon content? There you go. That, and I'm sure she would not do any research at all, so she wouldn't hear this show to know what we said about them. Oh, so. she does live in Florida now, by the way, to live closer to Rod. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that way she can come and see him, you know, anytime she wants to. Um. Well, you know, their weirdness aside, that's not really all that weird, all things considered. Well, by the way, he, Rod Farrell is currently incarcerated at the Tomoka Correctional Institution. So there you go. If anybody's wondering. Unfortunately, <laughs> we don't have a Twitter we can roast on this one. That's yeah, probably good. Wait, we we actually, go on way on. too long on that one. one last she one. might be on that's Twitter. That's what I'm looking for. It's like, wow. Oh, that's a different woman. <laughs> Starting roasting some random that's person because we didn't. <laughs> we know about your son. That's a different one. <laughs> She's just like... <laughs> Why are there so many Sandra Gibsons? Okay, I'm not going to find her. Dang. So, um, I think that wraps us all up on this um, weird and disgusting tale from uh, right here in Kentucky. I mean... Way out in the tip of Kentucky. Yeah. We're Way gonna, out the dick tip. Can we give this one to Missouri somehow? Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving See, it to Florida. See, even though it's closer to Tennessee, you're like, no, 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 Missouri can have it. Give it over to Missouri. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I've enjoyed it, even though, you know, it's awful stuff, but I've enjoyed it. Um, uh, go follow us on uh, Instagram, Rumors and Confab. Uh, you know, comment and do all that stuff. Uh, any parting words, comments, thoughts, guys? Hmm, I need to go find me a palate cleanser after this. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go get me a palate. Oh, at the palate store? Just like a wooden palate. Just a wooden palate. Thank yep. you. Dalton gets on a forklift and rides off into the sunset. <laughs> That's all the cleansing I need. The palate and, itself. Yeah, if you need some cleansing, go look up Christian. <laughs> yeah. I've been thinking of adding some new furniture. Maybe a palette. Maybe some maybe that could be like add some nice mm-hmm. yeah. feng shui. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you've not gotten too grossed out by some vampire talk. And uh we will Catch you later. Or as they would say it on the nine in the nineties. Catch you on the flip side. Adios. Long live Sonichu. <laughs> <laughs>